Hello and welcome to Unofficial Art Therapy. This is Dr. Lears. Joining me soon is Coombsy. Today we talk about theatre, well actually musical theatre, and you get a really great insight into Coombsy's love of theatre, um, the way he's beloved by the Australian musical theatre community, and just some really great insights into what musical theatre as an art form can do as a way of helping us. Um, as always, this is not real medical advice. So if there's anything you need, please do reach out. Coombsy and I also acknowledge that we are on unceded Aboriginal land and we pay our respects to elders past and present. Thanks for listening with us and take good care. Bye. So I drove Joe to the bus stop. It was about five minutes away and it's a, uh, a bus from Packenham out to the airport after he's six weeks off. Aww. So he said Lola was all right. Uh, when he said goodbye to her in childcare this morning. She's like, do you have to go back to work? And he went, yep. Aww. She went, okay, see you in two weeks. She doesn't know what two weeks is. No, that's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's so cute. She asked him the other day, are you going back to work tomorrow? He's like, no. So she had an inkling because he'd been here a while. So she's like, so yeah, so I dropped him there and then... Uh, come home and clean the coffee machine up and now I can't put a couple of bits together and I can't cut my coffee. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we'll have another crack later and think, come on, just there's a logical way. If not, search on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dr. Google is your friend. Um, yes. I'm not a real doctor, but Dr. Google is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes Dr. Google's all over the shop too, eh? Oh, yeah. No, 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 that's what we do. That's what we do. And are we, what are we talking about today? I'm trying to remember. What did we say we were going to talk about? <laughs> I have zero idea. <laughs> For the life of me, I can't remember. Well, do you want to I'm talk about... To... Yeah? Yeah, I was, I was racking my brain going, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about, do you want to talk to me about theatre? today given that you've been yeah, to the theatre recently yeah. and I haven't been to the theatre in a long time but I love theatre do you want to tell me about brilliant the last thing you saw the last thing I saw was a few days ago it was the closing of and Juliet's Melbourne season mm. and they're having a break in there after Singapore and then for uh, I think they're over there for about five weeks and then uh, we wait for the next movement selfishly I would be like come back to Melbourne for another season <laughs> but then the other part of me thought no I would love my family and friends to see this show all over Australia yeah I think it's a show that people need to see and then come back to Melbourne for a, an encore you know premiere uh, encore finish up season or whatever it's called <laughs> um I, I think we're we're due for that but it was just uh an emotional emotionally charged show everyone was really up and then afterwards um, the uh, stage door goodbyes were um, extremely difficult, yeah. but um, had to be said. Yeah. And it was quite lovely because where they come out of the stage door, the pathway is a bit narrow there, and they had security guards say, Go and stand across the other side of the road. It's only a small lane, but it's one way traffic. Mm. And then they say, You know, if they want to come over, they'll come over. and and chat to you and normally you know they come out the stage door and these people are well scream and yell and i'll come over and do photos and all that mm. and um amy Palmer, who's one of my favorites was chatting to some family and that on the on the stage door side of things 
and she sort of spotted me and motioned to come over. So I thought, oh, well, I'll walk over. Security guard told me, no, no, stay over there. I said, well, Amy called me, mate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was wonderful. I went over and spoke to Amy and, and had a lovely chat. And then just as I was about to sort of cross the road at the corner, I saw Blake come out the, the door and everyone just went absolutely berserk. <laughs> and the security guard said, oh, can you go across the road? And because yeah, Blake said, what? What do you want me to do? And he goes, go across the road. Yeah, no worries. And he said, but I need to go and talk to my friend here first. Oh. And the security guard looked. He went, yep, yeah, okay. And some other people sort of tried to get up to him. And he's like, oh, look, look, I'll get to you across the side, but I'll just, I'll need to see my friend here. Right. And he came over and I was like, oh, that was so nice. He goes, well, I know you're probably beat and you need to get off your feet and get home and whatnot. So... And it was lovely. He's extraordinary human. And um, I said, I don't like saying goodbye, but we have to. He said, look, we can say goodbye and that will make the next hello even more special. That's nice. And I thought, well, to think of that on your feet like that was truly wonderful. And he's such a great multi multidisciplinary artist. Mm. Um, I think, you know, maybe of our generation is not that can do what Blake Apple, Applequist can do. <laughs> so Blake Applequist. So we, should, we can you spell it so that people who, if they don't know him, can find him? Yeah, and I suggest they do. A-double-P-E-L-Q-V-I-S-T. So he has a bit of Māori and Swedish heritage behind him. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, um, he's just... I, I met him seven years ago kinky boots he was one of the angels in kinky boots mm. and he was just fantastic and then um not long after kinky boots had left um, my dear old mate Jono's father passed away and we went to his funeral and damien cosgriff was there and he said oh, i've got a gift for you and for both me and Jono, separately opened them up and there were two in frame drawings of me and Jono oh. uh, under the synonym of Wolfbang and that's Blake does artistry under the name of Wolfbang um, so he created these photos for us and it was just an amazing time so I contacted him of course and said Blake that was really nice thank you it's just amazing the likeness is wonderful I've got them on my bedside table Jono's got them in a, in a place for him and um it, it just meant so much because it was on that day of Jono's dad's funeral mm. and we forged a really good friendship. So you know, every day I look at those those images on my bedside table, they remind me of the friendship that I had with Jono and his dad and that Jono's dad had with my dad and yeah. and then Blake and then Theatre and it all sort of just moulds into one. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? It's like a glue... I guess is that the right thing I want to say? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And uh, early on in this, I think it was probably uh, around, um, April, mm. maybe in April, I got to see the show, and I hadn't seen Blake since two thousand and seven, two thousand sixteen, uh, seventeen, mm. because he'd been doing shows. And he's based in Sydney, so he's doing a couple of shows up there that I didn't get to see with Bonnie and Clyde and Fangirls and um, just. Absolutely not going to do. When Anne Juliet was cast, and I saw him, 
I was like, oh, because I'd been listening to the soundtrack from the UK and I loved it. Mm. I was just hoping to come here. And when it was announced it was coming here, I was so excited. And then when casting, I thought, Blake, oh my gosh, that's great. And then I pleased Melbourne. Then they announced Melbourne as the premiere season. I was like, this is all falling into place beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I contacted him and said, I'm going to be at the show in April, I think it was. And he said, friend, come around to the stage door. And, and actually, prior to that, I remember sending a message saying, I'm finally, finally going to see you after all these years. <laughs> and he said, look, I understand if getting into the show is difficult, but, you know, night I know is almost impossible. Um, and if you can't manage it, maybe you can just come into the city one day and we can just hang out. Mm. <laughs> but what a wonderful human. Yeah. Uh, but managed to see the show and then seen him after it was just one of the best hugs ever and it was just so caring and he it was so lovely what he said and there were a few people around and i said i need to tell you something now so i told him the story of when we received the wolfbangs mm. so i didn't when i wrote to him i didn't say i was at my mate's dad's funeral and everything i, I thought i want to tell him this in person right so i so i kept that for seven years and I actually told him there and then I said seven years I've been waiting to tell you this and I started telling him the story and the friendship and how me and Jono met and Jono's dad and me and my Jono met and uh, obviously I was getting a bit emotional and so was he and yeah. people everywhere were looking and you could hear the sort of oh what's going on, what's going on? <laughs> um, so it was finally absolutely wonderful that you know I got to do that mm. And then it only occurred to me, I thought, I wonder, I've not, I know, I was going in with my daughter for her birthday. I just like to take her in to see it. I thought she'd love it, love the music, which she did. I thought, I'm going to take my little picture that he drew and ask for a photo of us holding it. Mm. And which Rebecca took the photo for us. And, and the, here's the other thing about Blake, and he'd done it on the weekend too. Whenever you see him, he goes, is it okay if I hug you? <laughs> Yes, of course. But he always asks. And in the photo, he goes, "Is it okay if I put my arm around you?" So it's my gosh, you know, to to think and because it's just a common thing. Sometimes I hug it. Someone might not like that or might not want that. And, mm. But he was still aware to to ask, and it was just you know lovely. And saying goodbye was just horribly hard on the weekend. Yeah. Horribly hard. Because I think he, Blake, Blake is a great performer. He has just incredible vocals, mm. great acting skills. And I saw his comedic side in this role of, of Romeo, a bit of a douchebag. You know? <laughs> and he, even in the show, it's like, you're a douche. He goes, yeah, I'm a douche. <laughs> <laughs> and um, his comedic side came out, which I'd never seen before. And I thought, wow, he's, he's even got that. But Blake will post photos of something that you think, that's amazing. And it can be something so simple. I said to him, you find art in simple things. Mm. Like people, I don't, like it can be just, you know, one leaf on a tree branch sitting up, whatever, with a blue sky behind it or a cloudy sky behind it. And it just, it's so cool. And I know he, he done a talk the other week. Um, he's a champion of the non-binary movement mm-hmm. because he is non-binary uh, Blake is non-binary and he's, he's they them mm-hmm. 
so was a guest speaker and I loved how they described him because I actually said to Blake you are a multi you are a multidisciplinary artist <laughs> they had that under his under his name because uh-huh, uh-huh. I thought yes because sing dance act uh, creates because he uh, the wolfbang side of things mm. can, can draw can uh, produce because I think he's produced some musicals and that uh, so and then take photos and turn them into pieces of art so I really like to describe Blake as a work of art ah that's nice I've told him that and mm. I think he it just gives so much and um mm. Also, the amount of fan art that he got, I've not seen compared to other um, roles in any other show. The, mm. And it was extraordinary, mm. the amount of fan art that he gets. And I actually mm. said to Blake, doesn't that warm your heart to think how much people absolutely love you and what you're doing with this role? And he went, mm. he said, I, yeah, I'm blown away that people take so much time to, you know, do, an, do a drawing or... Uh, my bloke made a jacket exactly like Romeo's. How cool! Like to the nth degree, and yeah. and the, the shirt that goes under it, and everything. Yeah. Like if turned around, you wouldn't have a clue that it wasn't Blake. You know? <laughs> um, so people go to extraordinary lengths to provide such wonderful art. Yeah, it's. Um, in, I really love that idea, and we're talking theatre. I guess we're really talking musical theatre today, aren't we? Musicals, yeah. but um. What I love, that idea of somebody being a work of art, like one of the performers being a work of art, I love that idea because I sort of think, like I didn't see musicals unless you consider, like most musicals I saw were on TV, like we were talking about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, and I didn't see musical live, I don't reckon, easily till I was a grown-up. I don't think, I mean, pantomimes and little things when you're a kid (laughs) kind of count, but I'm, you know, to to have that sense that the one person can be doing so much and live in front of you, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's something that, I mean, it's such a privilege because it also hadn't, I hadn't realised, you know, there's such a gap, like a barrier to entry, dare I say, you know, if you can't afford Mm. it or if you've got to travel to see it and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, yeah, the fact that somebody's doing that live each night, sometimes two days, yeah. t- twice. Eight, eight shows a week, yep. Eight shows a week, yeah. That's, that's the normal, yep. I just sort of think, and it's not just singing, is it? It's singing, it's acting, it's often dancing too, it's comedy. Oh, yeah. It's all yeah. of that. And then to come out afterwards and also be part of it, it's pretty pretty extraordinary. Um, is there something for you? Do you remember the first musical you ever saw? Um it would have been, <laughs> yes, Evita. Evita, as in Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. I was 17 at the time. Oh, wow. And I went on my own. And I'll never forget it. When I got back to school on the Mondays, it was like, oh, how's your weekend, Guzzi? What'd you do? I said, I saw Evita. Wow. Like, oh, new girl, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, no, you idiots. The musical Evita. Wow. What? They thought I was going to have the girl called a beta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dumb, uneducated buffoons. No. <laughs> I'd been in all these school musicals as the lead. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd done that, which I enjoyed. And, and 
I thought I love Don't Cry For Me Argentina. I can't remember who was in the lead back then, mm. but I saw it and I was just captivated and then saw Guys and Dolls probably a couple of years after because we it's one we done at school. Yeah. And I was Sky Masterton. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't get to perform it, but I was him uh-huh. in all rehearsals. Blew my knee out playing footy. Oh. <laughs> the Renaissance man. I love this so much about I love about you, Coombsy, and I love that that footy's taking you out of the musical. It's the best. It, it did. It blew my knee out on the weekend, the <laughs> week before we were supposed to put the show on. So hastily, they had to find someone who could cover and become Sky Masterson. And they still, <laughs> my my uh, drama teacher wanted me to be in the show because I'd been in every other musical and. And um, so I just was in the chorus bit for a while, which was really tough because my best mate Kevin Phillips, he was um, he was oh by me, yeah. Anyway, he was the arch enemy in the in in the musical, right? And there was a scene in the sewer where I got to slap him, mm. and you know, and he couldn't hit me back. I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> I'll put a bit of sauce on this and just uh, give it tickle up inside the ear and you know you can't fight back you know, <laughs> you know and obviously in rehearsals you didn't do it you sort of pretend yeah yeah and i thought our oh, last rehearsals leading into the week oh, i might just do the cupping of the hand one and yeah cut the side of his face and i just said i'll do it lightly just so we get an understanding of where we're at you know okay yeah <laughs> i just flatten the hand out the last second snap oh and he went you and he i said carry on Kevin <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do anything about it I was so disappointed because I was really looking forward to that role oh you cheeky bugger blew my knee out playing footy and then um, I may have been I don't know three or four five years later when Guys and Dolls was on Magda Zabanski was in it oh. um, so Kevin his wife and my Kevin got married Kevin and Nikki his, his beautiful wife or long suffering Kevin I call it because she is like a work of art, Nicola. I think she's hard work, which is great fun, but she's a real menace to society. Um, she they were married when they were 18, right? So they've been married 40 years now, which is amazing. Wow, and uh, I was dating Janine at the time, I think, or maybe we just announced we got engaged, right? And we went to see Guys and Dolls, and I was like, wow. And then um, got married and kids and all that, and it just disappeared off. You know what you could do. Yeah, yeah. And until um, along came the flipping dreaded cancer, and then Christy Whelan, I wanted to see her, and I did, and that and ignited the fire back in me of what I sort of lost for a fair amount of time, twenty odd years, and yeah. then um, got it back and. Came back with vengeance. It's crazy. The other it? great thing about musicals is the variance of story. Like, mm-hmm. Come From Away, which is absolutely magnificent, which I saw 20 times, I reckon, a couple <laughs> of friends in it. And it was just incredible. It was such a, you know, the story of 9 11 mm. in the little town of Gander where they set the plane down and just, you know, heart wrenching stuff and um, beautifully told mm. right up to. You know, Kinky Boots and Juliet, Les Mis, Wicked. There's just so many that can Rocky Horror, yeah, uh, Little Shopper Horrors. Um, you know, the, the beautiful, the Carol King story. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just 
so many different ways a story can be told that touches your heart and really grabs yeah. you in and yeah. and Hamilton Hamilton really created a massive fan base here and mm-hmm. and manic fans in in Melbourne and Sydney and all around Australia yeah um, huge following it's so interesting isn't it you talk about because I teach I taught musicals for a while I'll still chuck them in whenever I can when I'm teaching things around screen soundtracks and stuff and I always used to joke that musicals is really how you tell the hardest stories you know so I always used to joke and say you know sound of music cabaret all of those amazing sort of classic stories that have got really really grease even have got really heavy really heavy content if you step back and think about it you know what I mean? Yeah. That you wouldn't, you know, nobody would really be... I mean, you look at the story of The Sound of Music, a yeah. family fleeing yeah. Nazi Germany. Like, who's Correct. going to... Same with Cabaret, you know. I mean, I love that. My favourite musical is Cabaret and Liza Minnelli can just... I, yeah. You know, I still, you know, I just... I still think she's one of the greatest people on earth, one of the greatest performers on earth. But, you know, I sort of think, how, who, how else could you pitch that story? You know what I mean? Yeah. And get people yeah. not only to want to do it, but to want yeah. to engage with it again and again and again and again, you know? Yep. It's so clever. And I think, um, th- but there is something about seeing it live. Like the first music, well, I don't know if it was the first, but the one I remember first, Dad and I went to see uh, the Johnny O'Keefe musical, Shout. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, and we saw that when I, I must have been in my honours year at uni because... Um, I was writing something about Australian music at the time and at the end they had this big list at the end of all of the Australian musicians that came after Johnny and I managed, I wrote to the production staff to say I want a copy of that list so I could put it in my thesis, I'm such a nerd. Wow. <laughs> but but it was really funny because Dad and I went and Dad, because Dad went to the same high school that Johnny did, uh, would have been like, you know, a decade apart or something. But he went and so at the beginning of it he'd be there saying, oh, that was brother what's his name he was there when I was there or you know what I mean so it was it was really nice to kind of have that connection and dad was the musicals person I mean mum liked musicals too um Mm. but you know it was nice to be able to go with him you know go to the theater and you know he made a big deal about him and I going and you know little things like buying Maltesers and dressing (laughs) up and all that kind of stuff that you just kind of it's such a big deal and I sort of think it's such a privilege in one way because I understand it's just so unaffordable for so many people yeah and so hard yeah so hard but then it's in some ways but it's also so worth it too you know what I mean all the work that goes into it I wouldn't oh. begrudge the, the price because everybody's put everything into it every night to make it happen you know yep and I've actually asked her, I said, how do you manage to do this every night? Yeah. To bring the same, you know, every person is seeing it, we, we're assuming seeing it for the first time. Yeah. And they're paid the same amount of money as the person did the night before, so they mm. deserve the best we can give every night. Yeah. I mean, I understand that, but there's some times where you could turn up to work not quite feeling yourself or not quite being on or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, people, normal jobs don't do a great job, but... You know, you're in a difficult situation where you you can't just uh, decide not to throw a couple of lines in or whatever. That's just, it. Yeah, because they'll throw others out because others are dependent on what you say for their cues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're singing, and um, it's an, an art form that is um, undervalued, I reckon, because it's you got to remember all the rehearsing they do before it, and mm. they 
And then even while they're doing the show, they still have rehearsals because other people have got to rehearse the roles in case someone's sick on the night or just before the show's about to start. Or halfway through a show, someone takes a tumble or is feeling sick and got to come out. Mm. So there's rehearsals on top of doing the show, even though you might have done six shows already for the week, there's still a rehearsal day or there's there's a change that needs to make this bit that the producer thinks and off it goes. It's just... um, an amazing world. I'm, I'm captivated by all the other things about it as well, yeah. with rehearsals or getting getting um, made up. If you're in costumes, you know, like two hours before the show starts, you've got to be there to get. And I think when Shrek was on, uh, Joe Kosky took over from Ben Mingo doing Shrek and Shrek, and he said it was a three-hour process to get ready. Wow! And like, gee whiz, and then you know that really adds to the. The toughness. I mean, you're looking at all costumes, and at the moment, like Beauty and the Beast is a massive costume driven mm. show. So, those would be amazing getting ready for those. And, and that's the other thing you can have the shows with all the massive costumes and incredible stage settings and all goes with it. Mm. And then there's other shows that are just so stripped back, like the absolutely beautiful Once yeah. was just one set, literally. Light come from away, one set. Yeah. Chairs were moved and bits and pieces were moved and the storytelling was basically no big light big lighting show, but the brilliant use of lights. Yeah. In once. Yeah. Peter Rubin I found out was a guy and he's magnificent with the use of lighting. Yeah. Um, which is different from all the whiz bang lights and cameras and action of and Juliet, which is really heavy into production. Mm, mm. Um, with the same in Moulin Rouge, which is heavy into production and, and whatnot that's coming back to melbourne too so mm. it was uh, quite amazing very excitable yeah oh you're right those little ones i saw um i mean one of my favorites still was and i think we've spoken about it before but i'm going to talk about it again because i loved it so much when iota did uh hedwig and the angry inch here in sydney and oh. i think he took i think he toured it i can't remember um, oh, I wish. Man, that was, and it was pretty much him and the band on stage, and half of the band were in the cast as well. Like, it was so small. But, oh my goodness. Like, and it, it's when I, it's part concert, part story, you know? Oh, jeez. Well, there's there's uh, little rumours going around that that's, that might be getting you know, a reboot. Yeah, well, there was that controversy, wasn't there, and that really unfortunate you know pylon that happens isn't it questions around what who what type of actor or what kind of performer should be playing a role like that now um yes and you know i i really like that we can have i mean i i hope that we can have those discussions really respectfully you know and i think that what was kind of left out of the last lot of discussions was forgetting that you know there's a difference between the person that gets cast it wasn't their decision (laughs) you know what i mean it's like blaming the person who's got a job who's in a job for the fact that they've got the job it's like well no they didn't hire themselves you know what i mean somebody made this decision um yeah but i mean you know that was just so tiny and i've seen little ones too i was I like little Australian things you know those jukebox music jukebox musicals there was one called poor boy that was the songs of Tim Finn and Split Ends. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Do you remember that one? Nope. That was so great. And it was all, it was this story. I hope they bring this one back. But it was this story of this little boy who somehow, and this man in his 20s or so, who somehow they die on the same day. Or there's something like that. Mm. Anyway, the man goes to the mother of the little boy 
and has all these memories of him or is it the other way around anyway the mother and the boy and that's the whole idea that it's this poor boy who's kind of displaced and so obviously the big song poor boy is the climax but there's things like i hope i never which is just such a devastating song anyway but that is reimagined i really love those types of musical th- those jukebox musicals you know the ones that take yep. existing songs and then reinterpret them i just yep. i love that and i mean i know that it's a different you know purists might argue with us that it's a different discipline or it's a different type of art but you know i just think taking something that already exists that people already have an expectation of and then yeah. subverting yeah. And that juliet and juliet moulin rouge very much that yeah using the songs that we all know and and that's the big talking about at the moment too with with shows now back in full swing mm. you know mamma mia's back and, yeah. and some people are going oh we've already seen this let's give us some new stuff yeah but but i you know i, I suppose it's hard all the time to get the new stuff because they've got to get licensing and you know being able to fit it into different theaters and it's a risk too isn't different. it unfortunately like you commission somebody to do all this work to write something I mean, if it doesn't work... Well, that's the thing. They know Mamma Mia will work. That's right. It, it will still draw crowds. And, that's right. Uh, and, you know, um, Greece is coming back. Yeah, right. Um, which I'll be going to in a heartbeat. Fantastic. Um, Favourite movie. So I've never actually seen it in stage form. So Yeah, right. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. And then there's, the, you know, it's been seven years since Kinky Boots and there's little murmurs going around it. Maybe it's time, and I reckon it is really time for Kinky Boots to come back now. Yeah, right. So just to reinforce the Kinky Boots message, I think. And personally, I'd like the same cast, <laughs> but I know that won't happen. Mm. Um, I would love the same cast, but um, that's my favourite musical of all time. Kinky Boots. Um, See, I don't know. Well, it people very often well. ask, "Oh, jeez, just incredible." That's the storyline is amazing. The two leads in that. You know, Callum Francis was the guy brought out from the UK mm. and played played the lead role of Lola, and he was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Price was Toby Francis, the amazing Toby Francis. And they just worked up each other so well. And all the characters, all the angels were magnificent. The, the, the rest of the cast, um, our, the wonderful Emma Powell, who was in Come From Away, who now just announced that she's going to be in Menopause the Musical, oh. <laughs> uh, which is coming to my hometown. So Amazing. I love Emma Powell. She's one of my favourites. Probably, I, I think Emma may be the most performed artist I've seen in shows. I, I'm pretty sure, combined with Kinky Boots, Come From Away and Priscilla, I think she may may have hit the 50 mark over 50 times I've seen her perform. Wow. Um, and I know... Toe, or Joe Kosky was in Kinky Boots and I saw him a few times in Come From Away mm. and in a show called Crossroads mm. so he could be not getting close to the mark and Blake uh, is probably up there third but it's difficult when people are so favourites I go because they're so different Yeah, you know Hamilton can come from away and then Juliet are probably tied second Mm. just can't split them because they're all so very different yeah yeah um and they've all given different things to me different types of therapy you're saying Kuzi. well and true and different messages Mm. um you know hamilton has taught me a lot about american history that i didn't know Mm. 
I knew of certain things, but I didn't know how that tied in with that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has given me an unexpected friend. Yeah. Uh, in Winston Hillier. But, I mean, I'd never heard of Winston Hillier. Um, Peter B and myself went to a show. We had we went in the lottery and got front row seats, which wow. was pretty amazing. Ten bucks for a front <laughs> row seat, which was, you know they're normally about three hundred for those. So. Yeah. And that night playing the general was Winston Hillier, who was the understudy. Mm. And boy, oh boy, this bloke just blew me away. And he's there's a massive song that the general sings is one last time when he when he's told. Alexander Hamilton, I'm not running for president. Yep. He's like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, I'm done. I'm, no, 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 you can't. Yeah. And he goes, hey, one last time, you know, let's. It's just a powerful song, and I'd seen it performed by uh, the the principal castman Matu. Mm. Was amazing, but there was just something else that this Winston Hillier fella delivered. Mm. The power and the strength, and there was also one other scene where he's very angry. And the annoyance in him, he was telling Alexander to stop it and go home. Mm. And that's an order from your commander. Matu done it in a, in a way that was like, wow, that was really authoritative. Winston done it in a way that was, that was scary. Oh. <laughs> he really had the look in his eyes and was like, go home. Wow. And it was, you know, and I remember when I, oh, I hark back to it, but I remember talking about that line to Winston going, I don't. I'm not scared of anyone. Like mm. big, big blokes don't scare me or whatever. I said that, that scared me. <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> First time. But anyway, I I just decided the day after to send find this Winston Hillier guy on Instagram, send him a message. Go, mate. Unbelievable, outstanding. Because the power and the passion, your commitment, mm. was just something to behold. And I felt privileged to be there that night and lucky to be in the front row yeah to see you so close and see your eyes mm. and what you've done with your face and your vocals are just sublime mm. but your acting was just incredible you know i'll often send shows messages hey fantastic loved it great blah 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 and they go thanks that's really nice mm. his return message was just a little bit different mm. and again you don't know if they're going to return messages yeah. at all yeah. i guess thousands of messages yeah from fans and i was a fan and it was just like that is just some so kind and so lovely i'll never forget those words and and he said um this might seem a bit weird he said but i've done a bit of research yeah and i've looked looked you up yeah <laughs> and i absolutely love what you're doing he said it would be a pleasure to sit down and have a coffee with you one day wow and I'm like, well, I've actually got a ticket for a month's time. Mm. He goes, meet me at stage door and we're going to have a coffee and a chat if you want. Lovely. And I was like, what? So I went to stage door and you're always pensive thinking something's, but, you know, they might have a rehearsal that's been called or a producer's yeah. meeting. You know, that that could happen. Yeah. I got there and I was standing there and he came over, Craig, how are you? Coozy, nice to meet you. And he said, is just, you know, I'm... I'm Closest coffee shop is just Starbucks up there. Is that okay? I went, fine by me. Yep. Hour and a half, the man gave me his time. Wow. And I'm like, hey, you got another show on tonight. Um, <clears throat> and he goes, yeah, I'm not on. I'm just I'm covering tonight, so I don't have to rush back, but that's okay. Wow. And I was just blown away by the, the time we spent together. And then 
he said, any time you're coming in, let me know and we'll catch up if, if it's okay. And it was a few weeks later, I was going in and um, I agreed to go and have a, a coffee with him. And mm. when I got to the stage, I wasn't well, I sat down and I was a bit shaky. And he goes, yeah. he actually saw me and he goes, hey, I don't want to sound, you know, but you don't look well. I said, no, I'm not. I don't know what's going on. I'm mm. a bit shaky. I'm just, he goes, hang on, let me go and get you a drink. I said, no, it's okay. He said, just, so he went and bought me water from a 7-Eleven down the road. And he said, do you need something to eat, some sugar in you or whatever? I went, no, no, I'll just get the water into me. I don't know what's going on. I said, mm. oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to go home. I'm mm. just not feeling right. And he goes, no, you're not going anywhere like this. <laughs> um, I'll sit here with you until I think you're okay. And I went, no, no, you've got things to do. And he goes, I'm not leaving you alone. Wow. So we sat there for about 15 minutes. I just kept drinking the water and I gradually started think, all right, I've got to go. I go, where's your car? I said, Oh, the car park around the back. You see, excellent. I'll walk you to it. I said, no, no, no. You don't have to do this. He goes, I want to make sure you're okay, okay. Right. So we got to where the car place was. And Sam goes, yeah, it's not over yet. Until you can convince me you are absolutely fine to drive, I'm not leaving you. Wow. So we waited for about another 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'd, I'd taken my tablets that I left in the car and let them kick in. And I said, I'm okay now. I'm, I'm good. And he goes, are you sure? I can come back with you. I said, but you got to back for the show. He said, someone else could cover that. No, oh, no, you can't. No, I feel bad. No, no. I said, look, I'll be right. So anyway, I, he said, send me a message. You know, when I got home, there was a message room. Are you home yet? Are you safe? Are you okay? Oh. Like, yes, I am. Thank you so much. I thought, he did not have to do any of that. Yeah. And then lo and behold, the last um, Hamilton in Melbourne was January 29. I bought a ticket for the last show. Mm because uh, I thought it would be a brilliant show and say goodbye. And, yeah. yeah, of course, of course I was too unwell that morning and I was absolutely devastated. And I, there was a chat group that were in, a lot of Hamilton fans, and I just threw it out there and said, anyone want one ticket for free <laughs> for the final show? And, man, there were people coming everywhere. And okay. I just went first in best dressed. And, yeah. And then messaged him and said, I'm so sorry, because then they were heading to Brisbane with the show in yeah. five days yeah and then after that they were going to new zealand and i thought well i'll never see him for months and months yeah if again because he him and his wife and two kids live in sydney so mm. that's that and then um on the so that was the sunday on the thursday i, I knock on the door and i thought posty open the door up and there's winston standing there <laughs> stand up i went uh hi <laughs> And I said, I'm not, I'm awake, aren't I? He goes, you're awake. <laughs> what, a, what a hell? Mm. What? Mm. I, he goes, your lovely daughter, I got in touch with her, I found her, and said, gee, you're good at finding people. <laughs> <laughs> and messaged her and um, asked if it was okay if I visit, and would you be home? And, and he gave me this absolutely beautiful book, yeah. Hamilton from the, the original Broadway cast book. Wow. And he'd signed it and wrote a lovely message in it. And I was like, man, oh man, this bloke is a mate. And then we obviously through the Brisbane run every week. We just message all the time and yeah. checking in. And then they had three weeks off before they went to New Zealand. And lo and behold, he goes, are you home tomorrow? I went, yeah. Do you mind if I visit? I went, no, come on. Lovely. And he did. He did. 
when we had two hours here, brought me some donuts. <laughs> <laughs> if he wasn't married, yep, with kids, <laughs> I, seriously, I'd pop the question <laughs> if I wasn't married. <laughs> In the alternative He's, life, I love it. Yeah, just a magnificent human, and oh. the fact that he could sing, yeah, I'd be like. I'll do the cooking, you just sing while I cook, please. All right? <laughs> <laughs> and I found out there's wonderful things that he played the role of Simba in in The Lion King in Germany for three years. Yeah, right. And um, that incredible, because he had to learn German. Oh, my God. Of course he did, to yep. sing. Oh, my yep. goodness. Um, yeah, add that skill set. And, wow. And he's an absolutely good-looking rooster, too. So, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's got Maori heritage. Yeah. Um, just you know, yep, I know, man crush. <laughs> no, I love it. I love, but I, you know, you're talking. But he's about... a friend now, oh. and it's amazing because he's a good friend. I love that though, because what you know, it sounds like, and it makes sense too, doesn't it? If people are going to be in that world, they've got to wear their heart on their sleeve because you know that's what you do professionally. I mean, it must mean that personally, you feel all the feels too, and I, I just can't think about how hard. COVID must have been and all that uncertainty oh, for people, you know. Geez. But um, I love that. You know, some, of, some yeah. of them were driving Ubers to get by. Oh, but I mean, I'm sure people still do because things can, you know, things yep. can change, you know. But I just, we're so lucky to have this industry, I guess, and the, you know, you talk about the different types of therapy it gives. And I think that's true too. Like, however you engage, whatever, whether you're in the front row, I've been in the worst seats in the house. It doesn't yep. matter, you know. You're part no, of it. You not know? at all. Yeah, no. and, and I agree with saying with the therapy. It's a different. What I'm getting from different people from different shows. Yeah, is a different type of need. I said with Joe Kosky and his partner, the beautiful Alana Tranter, currently in Beauty mm. and in Sydney, and Joe's coming up to be in uh, the um, political one. Um, yeah. Oh, that the dismissal one. is that the one? Yep. 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 Correct. Joe's in that. Yeah. So. They look after me when tennis is on because we chat together for hours. <laughs> yeah. Because it's something I love with them, and yeah. you know that that's that friendship there. And then Toby Francis, we have a different connection type of friendship. Yeah. And then with others that I, you know, don't communicate with all the time, but you know, every now and again. But then when you see them mm. at stage of a show, the mm. joy on their face. Oh, Coomzy, hello! <laughs> it is just so nice. Or they go, I saw you in the audience. I, it, I'm, I was so happy to see you sitting here. Yeah. Like the joy that they give, you know, yeah. and the different joy and the different therapies that you receive from these people that is ongoing. Because yeah. you know, when when the show leaves, you don't know because they could be touring that show for a year. That's right. And then that finishes, and then they could find another show, and yeah. don't know if that's going to come to Melbourne. And there's it, just so many question marks and will you see that person again mm. uh, in your whatever amount of time you got left yeah which which is difficult no I'm saying goodbye I hate it but um, I think the way that Blake mentioned it was we have to say goodbye but it makes that next hello exceptionally special yeah it's lovely isn't it but if there's not but if the hello doesn't come well, then there's no regrets because we've said goodbye. That's it. That's lovely. And I and I would hope, I would know, I, I'm comfortable in thinking that Blake will remember that. Yeah. And when he hears that I've, that I've passed on, he will go, well, I said goodbye to him. Yeah, that's right. 
That's right. And Amy, Amy Lepama did too. Yeah, no, that's nice. Darling, I'm gonna on in on that note. Yep, and goodbyes, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do goodbyes because I haven't. I'm yeah, but it's as always. It's a joy, and I think you're a work of art. I love that description. I'm gonna think about my friends like works of art now. That's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like Apple Quest. Like Apple Quest. Yes. Look up Winston Hillier. Send them love. We will. If you listen to this podcast, find them, send them a message, and and. Um, Tell them thank you for being awesome humans. Tell them, tell them Coombsy and the Doctor sent you. Tell you, yeah. Tell you listen to podcasts and we should try <laughs> to get one of it. Should try to get one of them on in their busy time. It'd be great. I'll see what I can do. Absolutely, it sounds good. We'll take care, honey. Have a nice. You have a lie down now. Oh, you got it, babe. <laughs> Enjoy. You have a lie down for me. All right. <laughs> All right. See you later, Fair. darling. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.